What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be going through my top 36 week 11 running back rankings, splitting these running backs into different tiers. If you guys enjoyed the video, smash that like button, subscribe to the channel. I'll also have my uh, top 36 wide receivers coming out today also, but let's just jump right into the ranks. I'm going to have two tier one running backs. It's going to be Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler. For McCaffrey here, he's locked and loaded the RB1 pretty much every single week. Um, even regardless of matchup, he's just heavily involved on the ground, heavily involved through the air, and just has a ton of weekly touchdown upside. And then for Austin Eckler, maybe not like the locked in top dog like Christian McCaffrey, but I like his matchup this week. And after like the slow start since returning from injury, he has really picked it up over the past few weeks. So those are the top two. Now looking at my tier two options, we're gonna have Travis Etienne, Brees Hall, Josh Jacobs, Jameer Gibbs, and DeAndre Swift. So starting off with Travis Etienne, Coming off a down game against the uh, 49ers, the Jaguars offense as a whole really struggled. And I know he has a tough matchup here against the Titans, but I'm still definitely willing to play him here. The Titans run defense hasn't been as locked down as it's been in previous seasons. And ETN also has some uh, receiving upside week to week. For Brees Hall, at least from what I've seen in like, my comment section, it seems like there's some sort of negativity towards Brees Hall. And I don't really understand it. He's had five games where he's operating as the clear-cut RB1. His worst game is 10 PPR points, and he has multiple 20-plus PPR point games. I think he's a very strong option moving forward. I understand the offense isn't great, but Brees Hall is good enough to overcome that. And with really any of these running backs, aside from McCaffrey, they're going to have a few down games here and there. It just comes with the territory. You have an inefficient game. Maybe you don't hit in the receiving department. You're not scoring. You're going to have a few bad games throughout the season. I think Brees Hall will be totally fine moving forward. Josh Jacobs, I feel like this is a pretty fair spot for him here. Not overly high on this Raiders offense, but I think they're going to force feed Josh Jacobs. And then we have Jameer Gibbs here. Um, some people may not like him being separated from David Montgomery. I think from what we saw in week 10, I think Jameer Gibbs has to be ranked as the higher option at this point. He outcarried David Montgomery. He out-targeted David Montgomery. He out-snapped him on the goal line, which gave him the uh, two touchdown opportunities. So I don't necessarily think that's going to stick. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if Montgomery um, had more carries than Jameer Gibbs here in week 11. But I think the receiving upside makes up for it. And then also the fact that Jameer Gibbs can just filter in on the goal line. Not saying he's going to dominate those touches, but the fact that that is a possibility. I would prefer Jameer Gibbs over Montgomery rest of season. And then DeAndre Swift here coming off the bye. He's been a very solid option matching up here against the Chiefs. I just think he's a reliable guy here as like a mid-tier RB1. Then looking at tier three, this is going to be our mid to back end RB1s. I'm going to start it off with back-to-back -back Dolphins running backs. This is obviously going to be assuming that A-Chan plays this week, which I would expect him to uh, give it a go. So I have A-Chan at running back eight, where he mostered at running back nine. Have those guys back-to-back. I do think there's some reason to be a little bit concerned. Maybe they don't give A-Chan the full workload back, but with what we saw from him when he was healthy in that starting role, or at least in that committee role, in my opinion, he just has too big of a weekly ceiling to sit him. So even though there's some risk, I would still feel very confident firing him up if he is active and good to go. Behind those two Dolphins running backs, I'm going to have Tony Pollard. I know some people probably aren't going to like that. I like the matchup here for the Panthers. They have not been great at stopping opposing fantasy running backs, and I'm not jumping off the uh, 
I don't even know if I'm on the Tony Pollard bandwagon, but I'm not totally fading away from him. I understand that production has been rough, but his workload has been fine. This Cowboys offense has been solid. I think he's going to see some positive touchdown regression moving forward, and I think this could be the game he gets it done here against the uh, Carolina Panthers. Then we have David Montgomery, mentioned Jameer Gibbs. I still think Montgomery has a very, very valuable role in this offense. I do think Gibbs looks like the better option, but Montgomery is still going to have a solid workload on the ground. He's going to have some touchdown upside in this offense offense. And I do think the Lions probably are going to be able to put up a lot of points here against the Bears. And I do just think it speaks to both these running backs ability and this Lions offense as a whole that I have two guys in the same backfield um, in the top 12. And also same thing with the Dolphins, both those guys locked in there. You're not going to see that every year with uh, two different duos at the running back room locked in as like RB1s in certain weeks. And then the final running back in tier three is going to be Saquon Barkley. Obviously, the offensive situation is not ideal. I do think this is a better matchup here against the uh, Commanders than what we saw last week against the Cowboys. It's definitely possible that Saquon's upside is a little bit capped rest of season, but I still think they're going to force feed him the ball. He's going to get a lot of valuable opportunities, and he is just still a very, very talented running back. Now, moving on to Tier 4, these are going to be your high-end running back twos to your mid-tier running back twos. We're going to start it off with Aaron Jones. I know he had the down game in Week 10, kind of looked like he was back in Week 9, but his Week 10 workload was still solid, so I am optimistic about him moving forward. And I like the matchup here against the Chargers. So I think he's a solid play as a high-end running back too. Then we're going to have Joe Mixon. Definitely not a great matchup, but this Bengals offense is still strong. Joe Mixon has a very locked-in role. He's finally started to consistently get into the end zone over the past few weeks. Has some receiving upside. So I still think he's a solid uh, running back two play, even in a bad matchup. Then we're going to have Derrick Henry. Henry's had some solid games. He's also had some very, very low floor games. Kind of just comes with the territory. Really not a bad matchup here against the Jaguars, but I do think this Titans offense seems to have stalled a little bit, right? It seemed like there was a lot of optimism with Will Levis uh, coming in, balling out in his uh, debut as the starter. Since then, the offense hasn't been great, and that was just my concern with Derrick Henry. Um, A few weeks ago, like before Levis took over, there may not be a ton of touchdown opportunities. If this team as a whole is trailing, they can kind of start to pivot to Tajay Spears, which is obviously going to hurt Derrick Henry. So I think he's more of a running back two, but not necessarily the uh, running back one that you drafted him as. Then we're going to have Kenneth Walker kind of in this weird spot with Kenneth Walker where week to week, I feel like he could be a really strong option. Or there's also the possibility that Charbonnet cuts into a massive amount of his touches. I do think in this specific matchup, I wouldn't expect the Seahawks to be trailing badly where we just get like a full-on Charbonnet game. So I still think Walker's solid, but Charbonnet's definitely working his way into that backfield. The Seahawks clearly like him. Definitely something to kind of keep an eye on. Um, And then two more guys in this tier, Brian Robinson and Javante Williams. I like the matchup here for Brian Robinson against the Giants. I would expect the commanders to go up early. That game script is going to favor Brian Robinson. And then Javante Williams really kind of starting to break out in the second half of the season. That always should have been expected with him coming off the ACL. Probably going to be a slow start, but he's going to peak later on in the season. Broncos offense team as a whole, not looking terrible. Um, So we'll see what Javante can do this week. Now looking at tier five, these are going to take us through our uh, mid to back end RB2s into your high end running back threes. Going to start it off with Rashad White. He draws a really tough matchup here against the 49ers, but I still think he has that receiving upside, and that receiving work is really what's kind of been uh, bumping up his fantasy production over the last four-ish weeks, so I still think he's a decent running back to play. Then we have James Conner. 
Um, if James Conner had better receiving usage in week 10, I'd have him a little bit higher than this. But if he doesn't have that solid receiving usage, he is just a little bit capped in terms of uh, what his ceiling could be week to week. Next is going to be Devin Singletary. This is obviously going to be assuming that Damian Pierce does not play. If Pierce does play, then both those guys are probably like tier six, tier seven guys somewhere in there. But in the past couple of weeks with no Damian Pierce, Devin Singletary has taken on a very, very solid role. And it's a nice matchup here against the Cardinals. So that's why I have him as my running back 21. Then we're going to go with Jerome Ford. Even though he's in a split with Kareem Hunt, I still think he has the much more valuable part of that committee, way more involved as a pass catcher, and also just consistently leading that backfield in terms of uh, opportunities. Definitely takes a little bit of a hit with Deshaun Watson not being able to play um, out for the season, but it could also just lead to them relying on the run more and more opportunities for these uh, Browns running backs. Then we're going to have Isaiah Pacheco. He's definitely going to be a little bit hurt by the matchup here. Very, very tough matchup here against the Eagles, but I still think he has some touchdown value and has been a little bit more involved as a pass catcher than maybe uh, we expected heading into the season. After Pacheco is going to be Ty Chandler. This is obviously going to be assuming that Alexander Madison is not able to give it a go. And typically, I think I talked about this in my running back start set. I have some hesitancy to go ahead and like start the running back two if they weren't like locked in as the top option because you never know how these backfields work, right? We saw it with like the James Conner injury. Um, Keontae Ingram was kind of like the running back two all season long. It just turns into a wild committee with like Amari DiMercato stepping in. You just never know how it's going to play out. But early in the week 10 game, we actually saw Chandler and Madison pretty much splitting touches 50-50. So I would highly lean towards Chandler being that guy who steps in and takes the majority of the opportunities um, in that Vikings backfield if Madison were to miss this game. Then uh, wrapping up tier five, we have Gus Edwards and James Cook. I think Gus Edwards is probably long-term going to be losing out on opportunities to uh, Keaton Mitchell. I don't know if it happens this week. He's been a solid option. He's consistently been getting into the end zone. So I still think he's like a fringe RB2 play. And then James Cook, I think we can be cautiously optimistic about the change in offensive coordinator when it comes to James Cook rest of season outlook. I think he probably most would agree he was seemingly underutilized, maybe even misutilized when it came to not being super involved as a pass catcher. So maybe the shakeup with the offensive coordinator leads to a better role for James Cook, or maybe he ends up slipping. Obviously, he had the fumbles um, in the game on, what was that, Monday night, Sunday night, whenever it was. So not great for James Cook. Maybe there's some upside, but this is where I have him settled in at this point. The lack of red zone usage is definitely concerning. And if he can't pick up the receiving work, then we're really not in a great spot with James Cook. The next tier is going to be tier six, and we're going to start it off with back-to-back Steelers running backs. So Jalen Warren as my running back 27, Najee Harris as my running back 28. Now I know the reports going around about Jalen Warren now being listed as the starter, and I understand why people are somewhat optimistic about that. This is my take. Let me know what you guys think about it. I really don't think it's going to be a huge shakeup. I kind of just feel like it's I guess maybe like optics, like you have to list someone as a starter because early on in the season, right, or pretty much the entire season so far, Najee Harris has been listed as the starter, but that doesn't mean they haven't just gone out and operated a 50-50 split. So now if Jalen Warren's the starter, they could still just go out there and go 50-50 with these opportunities between these two running backs. And I kind of hope I'm wrong because I think Jalen Warren is the more talented running back. I think he's the better player. He's way more explosive. I think he has way more fantasy upside very solid pass catcher. So I kind of hope I'm wrong with that take. 
but I wouldn't expect the opportunities to be like totally flipped up from what we've seen in recent weeks or pretty much the entire season. Plus just a tough matchup here against the Browns. So these guys are going to be, I guess, high to mid tier RB3s for me. And then the other two running backs in this tier, uh, Darrell Henderson and Chuba Hubbard. For Henderson, he's probably going to be in a split here. Kyron Williams missing at least one more week, but I do expect him to lead that split. That's what we saw prior to the uh, Rams bye week. And then Chuba Hubbard, I would expect him to lead this Panthers backfield, but it's also just a really tough matchup here against the Cowboys. There's also just the possibility that the Panthers really can't do anything against this defense, and it's kind of just empty volume coming from Chuba Hubbard. Um, And then shifting into the final tier, tier seven, we're going to go Zach Charbonnet, AJ Dillon, Khalil Herbert, Kareem Hunt, Keaton Mitchell, and Deonta Foreman. So for Zach Charbonnet, like I kind of talked about with Kenneth Walker, you never really know what his weekly role is going to be. I think he's much better as like a stash. Maybe he breaks out in a few weeks. Wouldn't feel super comfortable playing him this week. Then we're going to go with AJ Dillon. I like the matchup. And even with Aaron Jones kind of having an increased workload, he has still been somewhat involved. So if you're super desperate, I could see you uh, plugging in A.J. Dillon. We're going to have two of these Bears running backs, Khalil Herbert and Deonta Foreman. I will say that if Herbert is not able to play, um, then Foreman would probably be more in like the tier five area. I think that's probably uh, fair for him. But we saw Khalil Herbert practice before their Thursday night game um, like a week and a half ago, or I guess a week ago at this point. So I would expect him to be able to give it a go on Sunday. But like I said, if he can't, Deonta Foreman definitely gets a bump. And I'd expect Khalil Herbert to probably regain the RB1 role. It's probably going to be somewhat of a split, but he was the RB1 when he went down. So that's kind of the lean I have on this Bears backfield. And then the two other running backs, Kareem Hunt, Keaton Mitchell. For Hunt, just the running back two here for the Browns. He'll still probably have a somewhat okay workload, but I do think Ford's the better option. And then Keaton Mitchell, another one of these players, kind of like I talked about with Jalen Warren, I am rooting for Keaton Mitchell to get more touches. He's not someone I feel comfortable playing this week because I just can't play someone who had five opportunities the week before, and it's not like there's an injury ahead of him. So that's why I have him here as my running back 35. But if he goes out there and is in like a 50-50 split with Gus Edwards, I will be very, very happy about Keaton Mitchell moving forward. I just think he's the more kind of like fun, explosive option for fantasy compared to Gus Edwards. But that is going to wrap it up for my top 36 running backs. Hopefully this helps you uh, set your running back lineup. Thank you all for tuning in, stopping by, and I will see you in the next one.